0: Welcome to the first of our podcast series, Immigration Detention, The Hidden Costs, brought to you by the Unchained Collective, where we will be hearing conversations between those who have spent time indefinitely detained on administrative grounds in British immigration detention centres. The aim is to raise critical awareness through the powerful voice of experience of the destructive impact of immigration detention on many levels, on individuals, families, communities, and society at large. Discussions encompass the ongoing harms of being dehumanized and criminalized, the stigma and rejection individuals face upon release into the community, as well as the economic impacts of this system on individuals and society as a whole. However, these conversations importantly also demonstrate the strength and powerful resistance of those targeted by this system. A crucial question is raised. Why is this system that destroys lives, wastes public funds and fosters division in our society allowed to continue? Can we envision alternative ways of being together in our shared vulnerability? Can we build a society where everyone has the right to breathe? Ultimately, these powerful accounts serve as a collective call to action When future books chronicle the history of systematic incarceration and torture, sometimes resulting in death, of predominantly non-white individuals for crossing borders, what role would you like to have played in that history? This is a question this podcast series compels you to ask yourself.
1: All these women and all these people, they have, they have passed through a lot of trauma before even coming to UK. So, uh, kind of uh, detaining them is kind of really traumatizing them again. They
2: would be walking up and down the corridors in the night, you hear their boots, you know, thumping on the floor. You couldn't sleep because they would be taking people uh, to deport them. In the night.
3: The whole idea of a detention system. But
2: they didn't tell me why I was detained.
3: It's based on past experience of colonialism.
2: I still now don't know why
1: they detained me. The detention made us to be alienated from each other.
2: Nobody wanted anything to do with me because they felt I might have committed a crime. I'm being labelled as a, a criminal, so mm. I, I don't have any freedom.
3: The wastage of money involved in running this whole
2: institution. Mm. And you just feel Losing my identity, having to get adjusted to, you know, being called out through a number. I feel
1: like, I mean, just a number. You are
2: unwanted. You feel like you are really not like
1: a human being. Able-bodied men and women, to be behind bars is an economic waste. Is a human waste.
3: We need to counterbalance the negative rhetorics. They're coming out there that immigrants are nothing but a burden to
1: society.
2: And this hatred we hate other people who are not English.
1: Knowledge, they say, is power. Ignorance is a very big disease.
3: They want to silence us. It takes courage for us to be here. I refuse to let their system break me.
1: I don't want to be a victim. Rather, I want to be a victim.
2: Welcome to this podcast series, The Hidden Costs of Immigration Detention, brought to you by The Unchained Collective. In this episode, Faith talks with Mariam about the profound impact of detention on her mental health. She calls for radical changes to the system, from proper risk assessments prior to detaining people, to community-based alternatives to detention. However, whilst detention continues, she calls for support for people once they are released, and speaks powerfully about the importance of raising awareness of the realities of detention. Knowledge, she says, is power, and ignorance is a very big disease. With awareness, she concludes, tomorrow will be a better day.
3: So, glad to be with us today. How are you?
1: Fine, thank you.
3: Okay. Um, First of all, can you tell us something about yourself, like? What yeah. are you doing? Yeah,
1: thank you. Um I have been to I have been detained once.
3: Okay, so what is it like to be detained?
1: Yeah, uh, to be detained is a, is not an easy task. It's very traumatic. It's very limiting because when you are in li- liberty is taken away. The uncertainty. The you don't know what to ha- what will happen tomorrow the There's a lot of mental health problems. yeah, I was suicidal, and while I, while I was there after my my asylum interview, so the it was not a very good experience. It was very traumatic.:
3: How has the immigration detention impacted you at the personal level?
1: Can you share with us, please? Yeah, at a personal level, when I was released, it was like I came back from exile. So it was very difficult for me to do anything. Relationships were not very easy to come by. Even the people that used to be my friends became very distant from me. So they don't want to do much with me because... Or maybe because I'm a liability to them now, or maybe because I have experienced something like imprisonment, incarceration. So it's a, I was alone. It was very lonely. I had a lonely life after release. I was not able to fend for myself. I was not able to maintain a relationship because of the the a long time absence from the society. So, so yeah, I don't have family here in UK, mm-hmm. not even anywhere. Mm-hmm. But there's somebody I have come to be used as a family member. Mm-hmm. The detention made us to be alienated from each other. Although he still allowed me to come back to his house, but the trust and the friendship that I had with him was kind of strained because he wasn't sure exactly who I am. So it's affected my my personal life and the the person you I, I I can say is my family member here.
3: How about the community?
1: Yeah, the community, the community, they're looking at me somehow as well because the day I was arrested, they were all around. So they saw the the show, the home office exhibited uh, as if I was an armed robber. So when I came back. Uh, they kind of, they were not really free to, to relate with me. So it wasn't a very pleasant one.
3: Oh, okay. How has the experience for immigration detention affected your level of trust?
1: It, it impacted my trust because of um, for those people that call, I, I could call my friends because there should have been people helping me, but because I had a challenge, Of renewing my visa or being that. So they they alienated themselves from me. So it made me not to engage in, actively engage in relationships. So it it stopped me from engaging with anybody. Mm -hmm. So -hmm. because I don't want to be um, alienated after making a relationship, uh, developing a relationship. So Mm -hmm. that's how it affected me. Yeah.
3: So, um, you've been through a lot. So, what do you think we can do differently, like, regarding detention centers and, um, of course, the immigration um, situation in this country? So, do you think, what can we do differently to get different results without hurting people and...
1: From my experience, Mm -hmm. there's a lot that can be done. Okay, like even taking somebody to detention. Mm -hmm. There has to be some. There has to be a a create the person tell inform the person what is going to happen properly, not lying to that person about being detained. And then even before detention, there has to be a kind of a risk assessment, because many all these women and all these people that they have passed through a lot of trauma before even coming to UK. So uh, kind of uh, detaining them is kind of re really traumatizing them again. And then there are other alternatives to detention. There's no, you don't need to detain people. Take away their liberty. Stop them from doing, getting employment for themselves, fending them for themselves. There's a community arrangement where people can be in the community, stay communicating with their family, with members of the society, so that and so that, that stigma that you have been detained, incarcerated for say, a while, will not be there. And then even while you're in the community, you can be given an uh, opportunity to contribute to the community. When you associate with people, uh, you know, doing things, you, you contribute in many ways, socially, economically. And then even detention center is so costly. It is costing people's uh, uh, taxpayers money. So why spend such an amount of money to local people, able-bodied men and women, to be behind bars is an economic waste, It's a human waste. It is, it's, it's very traumatizing. So I, I will recommend, you know, community arrangements, community arrangement to keep people. So if I, I recommend a community engagement, alternative community alternative, where people will be there, and then engage and contribute, even opportunity to do some work and get employment so that they will not rely on state and handouts, but to be able-bodied men and women and use their talents, because all these people, they are professionals in their various fields. So when you, you leave them, give them one 55P every day, it doesn't help this community, it doesn't help the individual, it doesn't help the family.
3: Oh, brilliant advice. But since we still have the detention centres around the country, so people after they've been released from detention, do you have any advice or anything to prepare them, like post-detention, like after they leave detention?
1: Definitely. People can be prepared. You don't just release somebody into the air. Into in, to be in the sea. They you prepare, you give somebody some kind of therapy, prepare them how to go get into the society. Some people must have suffered mentally or physically. Mm-hmm. So you can recommend a place, direct them where to go, not just go out, you are released. The people don't even have some, a house to go to. Mm-hmm. Some people don't have anywhere to go to. They are stranded. So you are not helping that person actually to be a better person. So I, I recommend that, that kind, of, a kind of orientation hmm. before somebody is released. And then even after that, you follow it up. How are you doing? And things like that. Coming to report to home office is not enough. Because when you go to report, you are still traumatizing that person because most people have gone to report. And then they're, they're rearrested again and taken back to the detention center. Yeah, detention I, has, the impact it has on me is that it, may, it created a... I become an island from other people. Mm. The, the friends I had, it kind of, I don't have any friends anymore because mm-hmm. they are not willing to interact with me freely. And they, I had a mental health problem. I'm still having it now because mm-hmm. it doesn't leave you. Even if you leave detention, the effect of detention doesn't leave you. It's like a lifelong uh, event, mm-hmm. so it is a fear of we don't know what will happen tomorrow. And then, even in, even though my in my status has been regularized, that in, that uh, feeling still lingers on, so it doesn't uh, go away. So the, it impacted my friend, my relationship with people, impacted my personal life, impacted my economy. It impacted my, even my spiritual life in many ways. So there are so many things involved. It's a complex experience. I have been somebody that fend for herself from childhood. So but I was incarcerated. And after incarceration, I now depend on people. It's very humiliating is very, very belittling. It makes me feel small. It makes me feel incapable and vulnerable. The state uh, is saying that I'm nobody because of my immigration status. Yeah, but with all those things, when I think about them, it makes me um, to... It makes me to cry, to feel subhuman, but I know I have to live. I know I have to live, so that's the only thing. And uh, I couldn't talk of spirituality. Yes, it was uh, my spiritual life that really made me to continue going living because I'm a Christian and uh, they said, uh, when there is life, there is hope. So it makes me to look beyond my circumstance that this setback can easily be turned into a setup for a better tomorrow. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I don't, look for, I don't want to be a victim. Rather, I want to be a victim, to move forward and prove myself and people around me that even if somebody wants to regard me as a second-hand citizen, so I will want to prove them wrong, that I'm a full-fledged human being with equal opportunities. And when given opportunity, I will use it and utilize it to the utmost. That's what my spiritual life helped me to, to understand. I don't need to dwell on the on my uh, vulnerability, but of be an overcomer.
3: Oh, thank you, um, thank you for being brave, you know, and thanks for trusting us and sharing all this experience with us. But um, that's why I really like to work with. Uh, Beyond detention, because a lot of like extraordinary people that I'm dealing with every day, and I'm getting my power from them.
1: It's a very good thing to continue because um, a life unexplored is not worth living. So, you, detention center is a life I've explored. Nobody can take the experience from me. And that experience has given me a voice. And that's why I'm doing my program in the university, to be a voice to those people that are voiceless, to uh, be able to tell the world and put documented that this is what is happening. Because awareness, we help people to understand. Because without awareness, without understanding, the policies will continue to be the same. The pro- and police practitioners will still be the same. Even the public will still be ignorant, but with awareness. And this activity we are doing is a, a good step in the right direction. Yes. Uh, the project is helping people to know, to create awareness. And then maybe the laws will be changing when people get hold of it, the politicians think that this is what the society wants, but it's not true. Mm -hmm. Because the society... I've been dealing with people individually. Nobody wants any human being to suffer unnecessarily. But because the politicians refuse to tell the public the truth, Mm -hmm. and the newspapers are blowing the trumpets that these people are coming to, to liquidate the country... But if truth be told, I'm sure the citizens will not want to waste their money on keeping everybody, men and women, behind closed doors.
3: Wow, that's been amazing. I'm so glad to be here. Do you have anything to say?
1: Well, like we said, it, it, it was brilliant uh, that we are creating this awareness because knowledge they say, is power. Ignorance is a very big disease. So, this is a part of uh, creating awareness, and I always want to be part of any activity or any events that create awareness for people to know what detention is actually about and the evils of detention center. <laughs>